Welcome to In Transition, a program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. Here's your host, David Pembroke. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name's David Pembroke, and welcome back to In Transition, the podcast that explores the practice of content marketing in government. Today, we're joined by a special guest from social media giant Twitter. But first, a bit of news, and we want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners from around the world. Over the past few months, we've now doubled the size of our audience, and we have listeners not only in Australia, but the United States, Canada, France, Germany, South Africa, Singapore, Fiji, New Zealand, Sweden, Netherlands, and Ireland. Welcome, one and all. And please, keep doing what you're doing in terms of spreading the news about In Transition. We keep rocketing up the charts in terms of iTunes in the government sector there. So thanks very much for the feedback and thanks very much for your enthusiasm. We're really delighted that you are tuning in and it's so good to see that content marketing in government is really finding an audience. But as we start today, it's customary that we start the program with our definition of what content marketing is. And it is an adaptation of the Content Marketing Institute's definition of content marketing. So here we go. Content marketing is a strategic and measurable business process that relies on the curation, creation, and distribution of valuable, relevant, and consistent content to engage and inform a clearly defined audience with the objective of driving a desired citizen or stakeholder action. My guest today is Flip Pryor. Flip is Twitter Australia's partnerships manager in news and government. She's responsible for developing relationships with key news organisations and political institutions and inspiring journalists, politicians and public servants to share the best of their content on Twitter to advance the public conversation. Before taking on her role at Twitter, she was the communications and partnerships manager at the Walkley Foundation, where she oversaw all internal and external communications, including campaigns and media liaison. Flip was also a bureau reporter for the newspaper The West Australian, and as a journalist, she won the WA Youth Award Media Prize in 2010 and 2012, and Best Country Journalist at the WA Media Awards in 2007. Flip, thanks for being in transition. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for the lovely intro. No problem at all. Interesting times for Twitter, interesting times for government communications. How about we just go up to about 30,000 feet and give us your sort of view of what you're seeing about the changes in government communications at the moment? Well, uh, I think probably the biggest change I'm seeing is a a relaxing of the rules. I mean, um, I always think back, and it's not that long ago when I was working as a a journalist um, in the country, um, everything was a lot more controlled, you know. We had, we had people mediating the message and politicians were quite comfortable calling a press conference, getting a bunch of journos together, delivering that message to the journos and then hoping that a story might end up in print or on the, on the TV. And um, now it's changed so dramatically. I mean, politicians have realised that uh, social media like Twitter is a really good way to get their message out in a unmediated way and speak directly to the people that they're trying to influence to vote for them. So I say we're a few years behind where the US and the UK might be in terms of 
of Twitter, but I'm, I'm seeing rapid changes. I've only been in the job a year and I'm seeing politicians get a lot more savvy in how they use the platform and their frequency in using the platform and their willingness, which is a really important thing. I think they're coming around to the idea that you don't have to be tweeting all day, every day to get some really good results out of Twitter. It's about what you tweet and when you tweet. Um, you can have a pretty serious impact and get your messages out there pretty widely. And certainly what you can also periscope. Yes, well, politicians are, are loving Periscope. Um, I, uh, I regularly go and talk to politicians um, across the country. At the moment, my focus is, as you might imagine, on federal politics because we could have an election called any moment. No one knows when. Um, and certainly uh, the uptake of Periscope has been relatively rapid. We, we're seeing people like um, Bill Shorten is a great fan. He's often on Periscope broadcasting his activities. Um, Christopher Pine absolutely loves it. He's, he's really embraced the platform. There's a, there's a few people that are really starting to get into it and um, certainly our politicians are starting to get in the habit of periscoping or broadcasting their own press conferences, which is really interesting. Yeah, I was at a, an event up at Parliament House here in Canberra the other day and there were three politicians there all periscoping their contributions to the occasion. <laughs> so it was quite funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're really enjoying it. And um, People are starting to use it in really interesting ways, actually. The, the first politician in the country to have a crack at using Periscope to talk about policy was actually Daniel Andrews in uh, the state of Victoria. Okay. yep. And he um, advertised on Twitter, got online and opened himself up to questions from the general public about his budget. Um, that was pretty swiftly followed by the BuzzFeed Hockey Scope with Joe Hockey. Um, and that was a pretty cool exercise as well. Um, Joe sat there and submitted to questions. Um, that was a combination of questions that were taken off Twitter and also questions that BuzzFeed came up with themselves. So um, these kind of events are really, really popular. Um, I think politicians can be a bit nervy about them sometimes because it is live broadcast. Um, so you do have to give up an element of the control they might have previously enjoyed. But the, the public absolutely love it. It's it, it feels, um, I'm a fan, it feels strangely intimate when you can type questions at someone and have them respond to you in real time and the only thing between you is a screen and it, it's, it's a strangely intimate and fascinating experience, I find. Yeah, I, oh, look, I, I think Periscope is an absolute game changer and I think it's not only just in, in the political realm but, you know, at a, at a bureaucratic level, I think at any level really that Periscope is going to be that changer because... I like the way you just observe it there, that it's that strangely intimate sort of authentic engagement. And I, yeah, I, I just see that the video in, in the realm that it's, that it's being presented through Periscope is just so compelling. Yeah, and because it's very new and very novel at the moment, um, people will tune in and watch. So, um, for example, today I, I went and did some work with um, Ambulance Victoria the other day and I was showing them how to use all of the Twitter tools. And they, they were sort of asking, you know, what can we film? What would people be interested in? And they talked about the fact they had a new helicopter. And I said, film that. People love machines taking off, machines arriving. Um, and they did it today and actually tuned in. And they had a heap of people just watching this helicopter take off and then come back and land again. And they're just showing off their new equipment, which is obviously going to be used to save lives in Victoria. So for them, it's a really different way of just showing off what they've got in their arsenal and um, a whole new way of engaging with people who might not otherwise see their messages. So it's a really great thing for agencies. 
Um, and it's very democratic, you know. It's, you get on there and you can get a bunch of followers and, and if you open yourself up to the world, then pretty much anyone anywhere can tune in, which is really amazing. It's interesting you just said there around the Ambulance Victoria saying to you, what would they be interested in? At the heart of effective content marketing is really answering that question through the process where you really do take a deep dive into understanding what the audience needs are and creating the content in the format that they're looking for to be distributed across the channel that they prefer. How mm. well do you think people understand the importance of understanding the audience? Now, it's obviously something that journalists have known for a long, long time, but how well do you think it's understood in the bureaucracy and in political offices? Um, well, just to take a step back just for a second. You know, you talk about journalists having understood that for a long time. I don't know that's necessarily the case. You know, you, you always sort of had an idea about who you might be writing for. I mean, I'm certainly thinking back just a few years ago when I was working as a reporter. It's only three years, which seems crazy now. Um, but we didn't really give that much thought. I was, you know, I was, my last job was working as a bureau reporter up in Broome. And I must, I didn't give a hell of a lot of thought to who I was actually writing for or how that information might be received and what their preferences might be for how they might receive that story. I was just producing and throwing it out there to someone else to decide. And I think now you have to be a lot more actively engaged in the process and think way further down the line. And that's true of public servants as well and politicians. I mean, fact of the matter is that, you know, at the moment people might tune into a Periscope because it's new and novel and it's quite interesting. But content is king. You know, people are not going to tune in and watch a long, boring speech for an hour as much as you might like them to. If that's, if that's the kind of stuff that you're going to put up there, you're probably not going to get the greatest engagement. If you kind of speak to the audience in which you're operating, you know, uh, Twitter's a very fast-moving, fast-paced kind of environment. People want to know what's happening right now. Everything's new. Um, so that sort of calls for bite-sized, behind-the-scenes, exciting kind of content. And if you can produce that sort of stuff, you're doing well. What sort of tips could you give to the audience about trying to use Twitter um, and some of the other social channels to try to uncover those preferences that the audience might have? I don't think people ask their followers enough. Um, you know, one of the really interesting things is that people concentrate on building these big followings. But um, you often find that people don't engage with their followers enough. They don't ask them questions. They don't invite their feedback. They don't crowdsource off them, you know. And that sort of stuff is... Um, someone who's really good at that is Julie Bishop, the, the foreign minister. She is acutely aware of her huge following. Um, and don't ask me to name it because her numbers just keep going up all the time. Um, but you will often see her use this really neat little function these days called quote tweet where people will ask her questions about things like they've got a DFAT issue or they'll just make a comment and she will reply to that person. She'll use quote tweet to respond to them, showing all of her followers that she's actively engaged and actually listening to the people that follow her. That means more people are going to follow her because they think, oh, wow, she's actually she's paying attention to, to what we think. Uh, that's hugely significant and not enough people do that. In terms of that very first point that you made around the, the, the changing in behaviour that, you know, the rules are being relaxed, what do you think is driving that relaxation? Um, the necessity of it, I think. I mean, I think people are coming to terms with the fact that 
you know, back in the day, you had the luxury of being able to have a few hours to craft a media release that you'd send to a journalist um, or a newsroom in the hopes that a journal is going to pick it up and write a story about it. Uh, journals these days, I, I can't remember which editor it was, but someone said recently, the media release is dead. You, you know, you're competing with thousands and thousands of other media releases and, and it's not a really efficient way to, to reach a journal so much anymore. If you send a tweet that a journal finds fascinating and then a news organisation grabs hold of it quickly, that could be amplified really, really fast in seconds and minutes and your message can go out a lot more widely. So, you know, that's, it's a really good strategy. Do you agree with that? Do you think that the media release is dead? I think the um, irrelevant media release is probably dead. <laughs> I don't think anything replaces for, um, you know, for public servants or departments, people trying to get their message out to the media, that relationship with journalists is still incredibly important. And, you know, sometimes that broad scale approach isn't going to work or maybe it's not the best move. Um, you know, if you've got great relationships with journalists, by all means, cultivate those because they're very valuable. Um, but if you've got something that you want to say that might not really be what everyone's talking about or doesn't really fit the news agenda of the day or maybe it's just not that sexy, then it's a nice way to get your message out there online. Okay. So just in terms of some advice that you could give our audience about best practice of, of using Twitter and how they could bring it into their daily practice in terms of communicating, be it around a government regulation or a government program or a government service of, of sorts, what are the sort of top five tips that you might give people about being able to use Twitter effectively? Okay, top five. Well, I'd say um, personality wins. And some of the great examples of that are people like um, the police media, Queensland Police Media, New South Wales Police, Kensington Police over in Perth. They've proved the point that just because you're a serious agency and you've got a serious job to do doesn't mean you have to dispense with humour and personality in your communications on social media. There's a very strategic reason why someone like QPS Media... Um, tweets out uh, stuff about name the puppies that we've just brought on board that are eventually going to turn into big angry police dogs um, or, or making fun of Nickelback when they come and play in Queensland. It's, it's cultivated them a huge engaged following who absolutely love them and think they're brilliant so that when they've had the situations when they need to get a message out like the roads are dangerous out there today or there's a, there's a missing child, they have a massive engaged audience who's willing to help amplify their messages and that's the kind of marketing that money can't buy really. Those people are really, they want to help because they really like that police service. So that's one thing I'd say. Um, photos are really important. Um, a a text-based tweet stream doesn't tend to go very well. Uh, it's really easy to add photos to tweets and you can actually add up to four photos in a tweet without losing any more characters than adding one. You can also tag those photographs if you're doing it on your phone or desktop and you can add up to 10 accounts into the tags on that photo gallery without actually using up any room in your tweet whatsoever. So that simple tool can help you amplify a single tweet by up to 10 times. Um, it's really helpful, you know, for if you're a government department and your minister is engaged in the process that you're trying to promote, then you could tag, say, you know, Julie Bishop or whoever in, in your tweet and then she might retweet that for you and then you've instantly hit her hundred and something thousand followers. So that's a good strategy. People like um, 
facts and figures presented in a really digestible way, uh, particularly if you're a department that deals with things like statistics or numbers or, you know, the budget, then it's often really hard. People are on Twitter to sort of see things in the tweet stream. So if you can present information with infographics, they tend to be really, really popular. The other thing to note is that anything you produce that um, is using what we call the native app, so anything you upload directly through the Twitter app or through twitter.com is actually fully embeddable so that if a news organisation is interested, let's say you've put out a, a tweet with a nice infographic explaining this policy that you've just released in a really easy way, they might pick up that entire tweet and drop it straight into the, the blog that they're writing or the news story that they're writing on that topic. Yeah, go on. No, that's okay. I got up to three. Okay, no, no, give us two more. <laughs> oh, now you're testing me. Um, I would say be responsive, as I was saying before. I think actually listening to people and um, responding to them is really, really important. You'll often find these days particularly people will take to social media to vent. Um, I've certainly done it myself if I feel like I've had a poor service. Um, and it's not to kind of make the, the company look particularly bad. It's just that I'm demanding a response from, from them and I want to know that they're actually going to listen to me and respond and there's nothing worse then when someone is, is sending a, a complaint to someone through Twitter and there's a dead silence that follows, people are expecting a two-way conversation on Twitter. It's not designed to just be a broadcast model where you're sending out your own messages and you're never talking to people. That's not what the platform's designed for. So I'd definitely say that's very important. Um, and experimenting is really important. The, the other thing I would say is being cognizant of trends is, is a great strategy for being able to um, tap into those existing conversations that are going on. So if you can think a little bit laterally, if origin is trending, hashtag origin, can you send out a message in a way that speaks to that trend that's, that's happening? Um, if you have a look on your phone or on your Twitter, you can see what's trending and it's always up to the minute, like what, what are people talking about? So if you can find a way to attach one of those hashtags in a way that's kind of not too twee but... Um, but that makes sense, then I think that's a really good way to actually amplify your reach if you're looking at something, if you use the hashtag that people are already looking at at the time. Fantastic. Great tips and certainly people will be able to apply them. But where can, where can people learn? Where can people get these resources and understand about the full toolkit of Twitter? Because I know, you know, myself, I just don't use anywhere near the capability. So what's some advice you would have to me and to others as to how we can get better at really using the full, you know, utility of, of what the, you know, the, the, the platform can offer? Um, well, if you're a government department, we actually have got a, um, a Twitter government and elections handbook that is um, that was produced by the US, which is really handy. We do... Where, okay, where would I find that? Where's... You can download that from. I'll get the address for you. Good. So I don't... <laughs> I'll find out what the actual address is. Um, and the other thing is if you are a government department in Australia, you can actually ask me um, because <laughs> <laughs> without opening myself up too much, but it's actually my role to go around and teach uh, government institutions, politicians, how to get the best out of the platform. One of the great things about my job, and I really love this, um, is being able to go and do free workshops with, with people um, in the industry, basically, 
Uh, and I could go through best practice sessions and share resources. We do have a lot of stuff online. There is an at gov Twitter handle, which is government specific, specific sorry. And they will uh, retweet content from all over the world. It's a great handle if people want to follow that. Um, following at Twitter AU is also very useful for more localized content. Um, there is a website called media.twitter.com and forward slash government. And that's got lots of resources in there for everyone from politicians to elected officials, candidates and government agencies. That's a really useful site. And if you go to that site, you can actually download the handbook from there. Okay, fantastic. Well, listen, what we'll do is make sure that we get all of those links into the show notes. So don't worry about having to write that down, audience, but that's um, a great tip. So let's just go back, if we might, through the five. Personality oh. wins. I'm working in a government agency and I'm a bit constrained. Really, I get that the police can do it and have done it successfully, but mm -hmm. my, my sense of it is that there is still, you know, somewhat of a reluctance because, again, the politician is the main show. Uh, the the bureaucrats often are, are, don't feel like that they want to step on the toes of, of their boss, so to speak, and so therefore don't tend to be as expressive as they need to be. I think that's changing slowly. Um, you know, we have agencies coming on board. I, I do a lot of work with the Bureau of Meteorology, which is doing some great stuff. They weren't on Twitter when I started my job and they're now up to thousands and thousands of followers nationwide. Um, it is a bit of a learning curve. Um, people have to have a bit of a leap of faith at times to, to you know, relax the, the hierarchies a little bit and um, speed is of the essence on Twitter. You know, you don't have the luxury if you want to get your message out there at the right time when everyone's talking about something. Sometimes if you've taken five or six or seven hours to get sign off on a single tweet, then you've probably missed the moment. Okay. So, so it's really important to experiment a little bit. Go but softly if you have to at first. Um, just try a few different things. Um, I think people find that once, once they sort of get over that initial fear of, of you know, losing control, then you find you can be quite pleasantly surprised. But I by the sounds so. of things, you're also saying that probably getting that, you know, pre-approval pre almost that, you know, you can operate within certain boundaries is important so that you can yeah. start to move. Yeah, because, you know, speed is important. And, and you know, one of the great examples, um, it's, a, it's a sad example, but it's a great example. Um, during the um, Sydney siege, the New South Wales police had had a situation in which the weight of inquiry from, from a very concerned public actually crashed their website when they were trying to get information out. So they were stuck in this quite difficult um, situation. Obviously, journos were going crazy and they were, they were very concerned about, you know, the misinformation that was circulating. And so they realised that the fastest way they could get those things out, the, the correct information out to people was to go where people were talking about stuff, which was on Twitter and so they just got on there and they just started pumping out the messages to reassure the public, to keep them informed. And they did an absolutely fantastic job that day. And they became globally significant that day as well because people were tuning, they, people were turning to them as a, as a trusted source on the day of information. So um, that really changed their mind about, about you know, the use of um, Twitter in a, in a crisis situation. Twitter really does come into its own, doesn't it, in those big events and the big sporting events when, you know, the world is watching something everyone watches via Twitter? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly do. That's, that's fair to say. And I, I know that everyone else, I mean, 
that's kind of the fascination I have with Twitter is that if something is happening somewhere, anywhere, you can almost be assured that if you get on Twitter and you can start following a, a stream of information from, you know, eyewitnesses on the ground, people who are there, they can actually take you into the moment. And I just think that's absolutely fascinating. Um, for me, it's kind of, you know, the first port of call. And I know I'm biased, but genuinely as a journalist, I would have thought this as well, that I would go there and say, what are people saying? Like, what's, what's going on? And then from there, you start to get the information and the trusted news brands are in there so you can follow their leads and go and click through and see what they're reporting on the incident and see what the police are saying. And it's, it's just, it's really all in this one place, which is really fascinating. Yeah, there's no question, you know, for, I just think of my own habits, my own news consumption habits, and, mm. and really Twitter is central to it. And exactly as you say, if I want to know what's going on, I go to my Twitter feed and have a look there and look at it when I want to look at it and not have to wait around for the for the top of the clock or for six o'clock mm. at night or, or any other time. And I think that transformation uh, that's taking place is really being driven by, you know, platforms such as Twitter where there's just so much great content available all the time. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, certainly all of the news organisations are in there pumping out material as well. And so it's, it just becomes a multitude of front pages, in effect, and a multitude of news agencies. But you can, with the hashtags, you can organise things into a single stream and just watch as that information just pours in and just keeps you completely up to date. Okay, number two was about photos. How good do the photos have to be to make an impact? Uh, look, good content is always great um but you know it's very interesting I, I always make the point to politicians and say you know the the photo of the um shaking the hand or the stiff everyone standing there with their arms by their sides or handing over a giant check they don't even work in local newspapers they're not going to work on twitter what what tends to work best is um photos that are relatively unmediated and and authentic so people love selfies. I know they, they seem a little bit ridiculous, but if you go back and have a look at the last UK election, for example, selfies were everywhere. I actually was lucky enough to go over and spend a week with my colleagues in the, the penultimate days of the UK election. And I spent time with um, Nicola Sturgeon, who's the leader of the Scottish National Party. And she was an absolute gun on, on Twitter. And um, everywhere she went, people would just grab her and say, can I get a selfie? And then they would retweet that in their excitement to say they just had a selfie with Nicola Sturgeon and, and off her brand goes. It was, it was really, really fascinating to watch. Um, photos don't have to be perfect by any means. People just want real and in the moment and relevant, basically. Facts and figures. Are you talking about infographics there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to do anything that's kind of complicated with numbers and facts... One of the things, you know, it's, it's often difficult to convince people to click through. You know, you're asking them to do something. They have to be relatively compelled. If you're going to ask someone to click through to a complicated story that, that you know, might have lots of numbers in it, if you can give them a nice presentation and a front page, if you like, that says here's some sort of top-line stats to, to grab their attention, that would probably encourage them to click through and read a bit more. If you just do a simple text-based tweet without that uh, information and it looks a bit bland, they're probably going to skip on past it. So it's just a way of, I think we're up to something like, you're, you're a third more likely to get a retweet overall if you add a single photo to a tweet. So it's just immediately more compelling for people. So at any opportunity you can find, just have to get a photo, an infographic, 
even a screenshot. You see often um, uh, news organisations will screenshot their own story if they if they have something that they've that's, that's relevant and they'll put that in the tweet if they don't have a photo to go with it. So just finding something that, that is relevant to that tweet is really useful. Okay. The final two tips I think are fairly self-explanatory. Be responsive. Now, you don't have to respond immediately, do you? You just have to no. be... Just just get back to people within a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, I think, yeah, a reasonable amount of time is fine. I mean, people don't expect immediate responses all the time. Um, the other thing to consider as well is there's a number of ways you can acknowledge someone. You can retweet and quote tweet, as I mentioned, if you want to sort of... Um, what that does, if you respond to the question and you, you quote tweet, then you can actually add a full tweet to, to your response and everyone can see that you're responding. They can see your response. They can see who you're responding to and what the actual question was. That's a nice little trick. If someone's just saying something nice about you and your, all your followers don't absolutely have to see it, you can just favourite it. That's the gold star button. People use that in lots of different ways but that's just a simple acknowledgement that just says thanks or good work or that was funny um, or even save to read for later. People use it in a whole heap of different ways but just... You don't have to respond to absolutely everybody. It's obviously not going to be possible for a very busy agency, but if you can favour it, that's a really nice way to make people feel like they've actually been heard. In terms of experimentation, how often do you need to be looking at your tactics and at the way, you know, your technique of using it? Or is it better to really be a bit consistent about the way that you are using the platform? I would really encourage if people are just getting started I would encourage people to go and look at what similar agencies are doing overseas you've got um accounts like uh I think it's at interior which is the department of interior in in the U.S. which is a fairly staid sort of government department they've got a massive following because they just tweet really beautiful photos from around the country um they have a huge fan base um, because that's, they've decided to put out that kind of content along with their messages. Um, definitely, definitely worthwhile going to have a look at the, um, you know, the US uh, department and um, any agency accounts from over there because they're a few years ahead of us and they're kind of very creative with the, with the stuff that they put out and definitely some inspiration there. Public institutions are also a really good source of information. I found that the museums in Australia are really active and enthusiastic and they absolutely love Twitter. And they're really good at the, you know, the public engagement sort of stuff, like just getting people interested and keeping them looking at their account. So they would be a good inspiration too. Okay, Twitter is one, uh, but one of many uh alternatives that people can use. And in content marketing, there's offline communication, there's the online channels that you own, then there's the third party channels. So there's a, a mix that you can use in order for you to, you know, reach, influence, engage the audience. Mm -hmm. Where do you see Twitter in that mix of both traditional offline, you know, online channels and third party channels? Where does Twitter sit in your mix and where should it be in terms of the weighting of, of where people sit in terms of trying to tell their story? Oh, definitely at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Would I say anything else? Um, look, I think it's um, critically important. If, you know, if, if you want to get a message out widely, if, particularly if it's an urgent message, that's, I mean, there's nowhere else in my opinion. Um, there's, look, there's certainly lots of platforms out there and I know one of the hardest things is managing content across platforms and certainly 
We do recommend that people treat each platform as an individual platform. Um, I use a multitude of them, lots of people do. Um, but it's just kind of being cognizant of, of what that particular platform is good at. Twitter is great for fantastic content, um, just you know, engaging people, but also letting people know what's happening right now, anywhere. Um, you know, what do people need to know? The, the best kind of stuff is um, be informative, let people know what they need to know at that point in time and keep that information coming. Uh, that's how I would treat Twitter. It's, you know, if you think it's where the biggest uh, conversation on Twitter every day is the hashtag OzPol conversation, uh, which is A-U-S-P-O-L. It's very unique in the world. It's one of the top hashtags globally. There's nowhere else in the world where there's a hashtag attached to the ongoing daily Australian political and news conversation, which I think is amazing. I mean, that really sets us apart in a way. Well, that's a great conversation. And thanks very much for, for giving us some of your time today to, to explore Twitter. Is it important that people have a strategy for Twitter and really to be thoughtful and considered and planned? You, you are yeah. talking about that there's a need to be in the moment, but is there also a need to be strategic? Look, a content calendar never goes astray. I think, um, you know, there's plenty of things you can pre-plan for. You talk about things that, you know, are likely to trend. All you've got to do is kind of look across the verticals and see, you know what's coming up in sports, you know what's coming up in TV, you know what's coming up in all these different areas. And if you can kind of get a bit of a mud map of those different things and think, okay, so where can we use those trending topics or things that people are going to be talking about to actually get some of our messages in there. Um, that would be a really good way to, good place to start. Um, of course, news, news is a very, you know, rapidly shifting beast. Um, it's hard to keep up sometimes and certainly just being cognizant of the day-to-day -day trends, just waking up and checking the trends in the morning and saying, what are people talking about? You know, there's, there's nothing worse than seeing scheduled content go out in the middle of a a stream when everyone is talking about something else and then there's this kind of glaringly obvious scheduled tweet that was um, sent out and probably not reconsidered when it should have been. And, and you know, certainly that does happen. So um, trying to be as human as possible is really helpful because people recognise when there's a human on the account as opposed to um, a, a, an automated service. Um, so, and it will actually help you to keep on top of where the conversations are going and where you're going to get your own messages out there. Okay. Well, Flip, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Lots of value in that and lots of advice, I think, that people can now take away. Lots of things to actually apply very simply to improve their engagement on Twitter. Twitter continues to, to grow. It continues to grow in influence and particularly in this government space, I think there's a real opportunity for people to use that as a way of starting to engage more directly with the Australian citizens. So thank you very much for joining us in Transition today. No doubt we will speak again in the future as Twitter continues to grow and evolve. And as you continue to learn things, you can come back and teach our audience a little bit more. So thanks very much for joining us in Transition. Thanks very much. You've been listening to In Transition, the program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. For more, visit us at intransitionpodcast.com.au.